Doc Rivers continues to time and time again not get it when it comes to getting... Oh! Let him play! Good evening, sports fans! And a pleasure to have you here for the Sandwich Sports Show. So nice to have you here with us once again as we're covering um, all the excitement from the college basketball men's national tournament. It well, There was quite a lot of excitement to cover. My goodness, incredible stuff. My name is Dave Medina. You also know me as Dave Easy Eating a Sandwich on all the platforms, including this one, uh, Twitch and YouTube, where we host the replays. So um, nice to see you. I mean, if you have any comments about the tournament at all, we'd love to hear from you tonight. So get, go ahead and uh, give our comments in the chat. Um, we have a great panel joining us this evening. We will be joined by John in Connecticut in just a minute. And, um, and then we have uh, our good friends Andy in Seattle and Tom in New Jersey back with us. You have not seen Tom in New Jersey yet if you're watching this stream on Twitch tonight. Uh, so this will be the first time we've seen Tom on Twitch, but we've had him on the sports show for a very, very long time. So it's going to be great to have a go- an old friend back with us as we talk about basketball. Now, there's no better. There's a He definitely knows... He definitely knows the college game and recruiting a lot. Like he's very keen on players. So Tommy New Jersey gonna be great. Gonna be a great. Um, gonna be a great for all of us, and uh, you all will enjoy his company as well. So it's gonna be a good time. So let's first uh, go to our first guest of the evening, and uh, we say hello, repping the UConn brand very proudly. John in Connecticut, welcome in. How's it going tonight? Yeah, Dave, uh, what a weekend for the Huskies. They survived, um, well, not really survived, they dominated their first two games, which you can't say for some of these teams. So they're still going, and what a crazy weekend. Um, uh, as me and Andy can attest, the, a lot of the bets didn't go so well, but hey, that's that's March Madness for you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for the reminder, everybody, in chat. I, I That's just another OBS thing. But uh, it's coming in through the podcast, fine. So folks who are listening on the podcast directly probably heard the beginning of that. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're back. And yeah, John, it is really great to see UConn back on top. I mean, they just crushed St. Mary's. It was really wild stuff. Speaking of wild, I mean, that entire weekend was wild. So we'll get into more of it um, as we get uh, John, um, Tom and Andy will be joining us at... Uh, in about 15 to 20 minutes, so we'll, we'll bring him in once, the, once they're ready. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, if it could happen, it did happen. We had uh, we had a two-seed and a one-seed go down on the same weekend. Just kind of bananas, if you think about it. Uh, we had the defending champion go down, Kansas, which was in the next round. Um, but, you know, the biggest story is Farley Dickinson upsetting the number one-seeded Purdue. Now, the two of us a week ago, we thought Purdue was sus. We we really didn't think they were going to last very long anyway. But going down to the first round is wild. And the same scenario for Arizona. Like, we thought, you know, we didn't really trust them. But them losing that early to Princeton was crazy. So let me just give it to you first to just get your initial thoughts on the weekend. I mean, first of all, just so many big upsets. I mentioned Kansas. That's a, that's a better, you know, that's okay. Like, losing to another good team, that's not a big deal. But so much to recap. I mean, there's just so much to unpack, John. I'll give it to you first to really <laughs> recap what happened. Like, it was just an incredible weekend. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know where we start. Like, I guess you have to start with the one seeds going down. And, of course, um, fairly Dickinson, by, you know, judging by the point spread, it was the biggest upset in tournament history because they were, like, 24-point dogs. And uh, the previous biggest upset was, like, 23 which actually was a 15 seed over a two. They were saying it was um, Norfolk State over Missouri. And I remember that one because I think I had Missouri in my final four that year. It was a, This was like 2014 or 13 or something. Um, and then even UMBC, when they beat Virginia, 
Uh, they were only like 20 point dogs. So just going by the point spreads, this was the biggest upset ever in tournament history. If you go by like the Ken Palm height rankings, Fairleigh Dickinson was one of the shortest teams literally in America going up against Zach Eady in Purdue. And yet the last eight minutes of the game, he only had one shot. It's just, it, it boggles your mind. Like what, what is Matt Painter doing? Like try to draw up some kind of play to get the ball down low to this guy. Instead, you could just watch their offense. Like no one wanted to take a shot. They were all like scared, you know, on the, on the perimeter. They couldn't make anything. And fairly Dickinson just had all the, the, the mojo moxie, whatever you want to call it. They, they were just kept feeding off the energy of the crowd and they, and they made all the plays down the stretch. Like it was not a fluke whatsoever. Like they rebounded with Purdue, which you never thought could happen. And, um, you know, the craziest thing about this is fairly Dickinson shouldn't even be in the tournament. Right. Yeah. They, they uh, lost their conference tournament game, but because of the stupid NCAA rule where, you know, teams that are transitioning from D2 to D1, they can't play in the tournament for five years or whatever, whatever, however long it is, which is just completely ridiculous. This happened with uh, Bellarmine last year, but uh, Merrimack won the NEC regular season. They won the conference tournament, so they should have been playing uh, in the in the NCAA tournament. But since they're ineligible, the two seed Fairleigh Dickinson automatically got it. So, talk about making the most out of your opportunity. Um, th- just a you know a tremendous job by them, and you know just a, a, another horrific loss for Purdue, who's now lost to a 16 seed, a 15 seed, a 13 seed, I believe, a couple of years ago. They're they're like running the gamut here of, of you know, all the high seed losses um, and just, you know, really un- unfathomable. And, you know, we called it, Dave, we're like, this team is not a one seed, but yet, you know, I, I picked the wrong team out of that region. Duke just gets blasted by Tennessee. We can get to that later, but um, that was a poor pick on, on my part. We, I should have, should have stuck to my, um, I love that Florida Atlantic team. And they, and they ended up do, they ended up beating uh, FDU in the next round, which was still a game. Like FDU yeah. had a lead in the second half. For a little while there before FAU kind of turned it on, but um, you know, and then and then Marquette loses in that region, so it, it's completely wide open. The four teams that are left, but yeah, Purdue losing to to FAU uh, FDU was the, the biggest upset. Um, Kansas losing really wasn't that big of an upset to me. I mean, what they were three point dogs to right. Arkansas. I'm sorry, three point favorites to Arkansas. Yeah, so that wasn't like a huge upset. And you know, Musselman's a good tournament coach. I mean, they had NBA players on that roster. Um, Bill Self wasn't there. So it kind of all added up to, you know, potentially being an upset. I didn't think when Kansas got up by, what, 10 to 12 points that they were going to blow the game for sure. But um, give credit to Arkansas for just to continue to battle, and uh, they, they pulled out the win. Um, and, you know, I mentioned – and then, yeah, the other uh, two seed that lost, Arizona, the first round. We, you know, we can get Andy's thoughts more on this one, but he he was on it with Arizona just being completely fraudulent all year. Like, they have games where they just don't even look like they care or don't even show up, and that's exactly what happened in this game. It almost looked like they were they could just – they felt like they could just step on the court and win. And um, Princeton, again, like, completely, like, stayed with them on, on the boards, played great defense, and just Arizona couldn't get anything going, which is shocking. Um, Princeton hadn't played, a, like, a power team – all year, which makes this even more unbelievable. And, um, you know, they were the more physical, hungry team. And 
you know, bye-bye Arizona is gone. And Princeton moves on again even more so into the Sweet 16 after beating Missouri, which honestly was pretty surprising to me. But when you think about it, you know, if you read like the, the quote, experts who dive into the analytics and, you know, all these these factors and whatnot, um, Utah State was to be like a perfect matchup for Missouri because uh, Utah State shoots a shitload of threes. And that's all Missouri's defense does. It's just like play their zone or their, their scheme that gives up open threes. Unfortunately, Utah State didn't hit the threes and Princeton was just drilling them. And, um, you know, that's how Princeton gets to the next round. And They've, they're going up against Creighton, and we'll, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, those were, like, the three main or big upsets, I guess you could say, of the weekend. Um, you know, I won't call Marquette losing a huge upset. I mean, again, they're only a, what, three-point favorite over Michigan State. And Michigan State's, you know, we know Tom Dizzo in March. But, um, yeah, that region completely turned on on its head uh, with those with those two upsets. So, um, yeah, that was just kind of, like, I guess, my initial thoughts on those big, those big upsets there. I don't know if you had anything else to add or – any other games you wanted to talk about, but yeah, just a crazy weekend with these teams going down. It really was, John. Um, and, and for those of you joining us late, uh, John in Connecticut is our guest for the moment, and we have one more joining us. I think it could be either Tom or Andy, but I don't know exactly know yet. Find it in a second. <laughs> but um, I want to get to the bad beats, and we're waiting for Andy for that part. <laughs> there are <Yeah>. two <laughs> huge bad beats over the weekend. Oh my goodness! Like, so John, I mean. Yeah, so that we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that because they're they're whoppers. Are you ref- are you referring to? I'm gonna guess Dave. Obviously, last night with TCU and Gonzaga, <laughs> that one takes the cake. <laughs> and then I can't um, believe the one, that one. The one on uh, Thursday with San Diego State Charleston was pretty good too. Oh, um, I don't know if you saw that. I was one. on that one. Oh, that's not that was not. See, the funny fun. thing is, I had San Diego State and TCU, so I was the beneficiary of those. Yeah, but everything else not too well, not too good. So gotcha. I'm guessing maybe this is karma for. Getting, a, you know, <laughs> getting those right. I got a lot of other bets wrong. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you know, that Charleston game was frustrating as hell. Man, they go from winning the game to not even covering. You then like a three, like a two minute period. That that was rough. Fouling with 0.1 seconds left. It that was just, great, right? You just can't make it up. You can't make like it up. Why? And then there's another <laughs> game. I forget what it was. Like the team's clearly trying to foul and the rest like swallowing his whistle. Like, nope, no, that shit ain't happening. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not blowing the whistle with this one game. You know they're they're calling they're he, he blew the whistle. And it's always interesting. Like on the TCU game, like when the kid drills the shot, like the cheers erupt in the crowd. Like you know, there's like everyone's got the spread. <laughs> you know, Act, you know plus four. Yeah. It's incredible. So I think Oh Baby sent me sent us a clip on Discord on the SFC Discord um, of the reaction at Circa when <laughs> the Circa Sportsbook. It was epic. I, when Andy gets in here, we'll we'll we'll, we'll play that. But um, let me say hi to some people in chat first, though, before we get we bring Tom in. So Parcells falling out. It's great to see you again tonight. I, I really good to see you. And uh, Stephen Friend, welcome in as well. We're we're chatting the NTAA tournament. Tina French is joined is is with us as well. And thank you for joining us tonight. Um, as we get all the scenarios rolling. Oh, we got company over here. Hello. <laughs> I'm good. You want me to? Th- you want me to throw out your diaper? Is is? <laughs> <laughs> take it out. Take it out. The shit that is some of the teams that played over the weekend. And, uh, as if I haven't lost enough. Good <laughs> job. It's so great to see you again tonight. How's it going, my friend? Good. How are you guys? We good. 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 to see you, John. Yeah, you too, Tom. There is a lot to talk about. Time. 
I'll tell you what, John, there's a, there's a lot to talk about tonight. Between what happened last weekend, what's going to happen this weekend, and the coaching hires. I mean, two big ones in the Big East. I mean, we got so much juice right now in college basketball. I know. Uh, Patino pretty much just signed a lifetime contract with a six-year six right. year deal, and he's not going anywhere at 70 years old. So I, I guess this is his last job, and he wants – it's a good one to have uh, yeah. if he does well. There's nothing like winning at St. John's in New York. So, uh, yeah, it's very interesting. I liked how Cooley went is now with Georgetown. So he's still in the conference, but he's at a, a bigger program, uh, a program that's kind of in shambles with what Ewing did. Uh, it's kind of sad how Ewing is leaving, but uh, I think there's a reason why he was the NBA assistant for as long as he was. Yeah. He's not, he's not a great coach. And, uh, the only, the only year he did well, it wasn't with his players. So it's, it's it was cut. I'm very sad to see him leave like that. But, uh, yeah, very interesting with the hires. And yeah. there's still a couple more to come. Oh, there's no doubt about that. I mean, um, until one god's in the chat, welcome in. I see a lot of bullies right now, he says. That's our friend Toro. What's up, Toro? Oh, uh, there he is. He's, he's probably begging to call in. <laughs> We've had we've had Toro on before. We can get Toro on back again. I'm sure. I mean, but just uh, John, if you can unpack that a little bit too, like you know, Cooley, I think is a great hire by Georgetown. I think he's going to be great. But how would you evaluate him as far as the recruiter and his X's and and X's and O's guy? And you can, yeah. I mean, we always talk about Cooley. Like he's one of the best coaches against the spread, and basically at home, like they were unbeatable in Providence. I mean, he. We always have to say he gets like the absolute most out of his team um, because they're not like the most supremely talented team always, but he, he like gets the most out of them. So I think it's a great hire for Georgetown because he can get even a, a better caliber of, of athlete than he could at Providence. And, you know, Patino, I mean, Tom's right. Like, I mean, the guy's 70 years old. Like how much longer is he going to coach? So this, this is it for him. So one more chance, I guess, to – make the final four with St. John's. Like, I don't know if it can happen, but I guess we'll see. I mean, he has a, he's a big name, so he can probably, you know, pick up some guys quickly in the transfer portal just to kind of get them on their feet. But um, it's, it'll probably be, you know, at least I would say two to three years until they're a real contender. I mean, they got to get by my Huskies first, who are like just dominating now the conference. So Villanova better watch out. That's all I got to say. Oh, Vill- Villanova's in shambles. So get me started. I can yeah, do this, a twenty minutes. This new, yeah, this new guy ain't Jay Wright. I, I tell you that. No, much well, sure. well, the pro the problem is is that they have no one coming in next year. They have no one in the top one fifty recruits coming in next year. And uh, there's been no major stories on it, but like Villanova chat rooms and forums that I'm on, everybody's panicking. I mean, Kyle Neptune's not even 40 years old, and he was he was the Villanova assistant for a long time. I think at least seven years. But uh, yeah, if he doesn't get the players, they're not they're not gonna do well, and they're they're not gonna do well next year. I don't know, I don't know who's coming back, who's even eligible to come back. That's another thing that's very annoying is with the COVID years. You have no idea. You it's it's like a math. It's like a formula trying to figure out who has eligibility left, who can still come back, and who can't. Who has more redshirt years? Like Justin Moore for Villanova. I don't know if this year counted for him or not because he only played a handful of games. So I don't know if he still has another year of eligibility or what. Have some of these guys are like 25, 26 years old? It, it gets ridiculous. Uh, 
I think old baby match on the discord page. And he's right. You got guys that are 25, 26 years old, still playing college basketball. At, at what point do these, do people just say enough? <laughs> I mean, you're, no, you're way, right. too, way too many years to eligibility. Yeah. Drake's whole team was like 26 and they still fucking collapsed against Miami. With <laughs> That's, That's another game. I don't want to mention that was disgusting, uh, but the last probably have a lot to say about that one. They, uh, they had they, they were at like 54 points it felt like for eight minutes they were yeah. just not they could not score they couldn't score I have no idea like, what was going on there's a minute there's a minute left and they're just throwing the ball around the perimeter uh, and they get a shot clock violation with a minute left like use your fucking timeout like it's, it's the ncaa tournament uh, yeah i was what, screaming what that he's doing he had two timeouts he re- refused to use them i, I have yeah. no idea what he was doing it was awful to see yeah, just disgraceful. That and now Miami gets like they dance because Larinaga makes Mike Woodson look like a complete fool, and now Miami's <laughs> into the Sweet Sixteen. It just um, yeah. unbelievable. Like that should be Drake's spot if the coach had any a half a brain. They should be in the Sweet Sixteen right now. I know Andy took Indiana, and he was very very upset yesterday. Yeah, I, I was getting texts too of all of all the <laughs> of all the the picks coming through and. Uh, I was right there with them on a few of them. I mean, Kentucky, another team, just complete uh, garbage. Yeah, garbage. I, I, uh, that was awful. Who who was the guard? I don't even want to remember his name. He was like oh for fifteen or something. Yeah. He, I don't even just remember his name. Shooting. I don't want to know his name. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> Cal Perry should have taken him out. I know they're not a deep team, but still. Yeah. Wild stuff, folks. Um, I do want to ch- say hello to a few other people in the chat. Ephotic Photon, our good friend Jerry. That's his. Uh, that's his handle. Uh, not to be confused with our, with Jerry Jerry Will, but uh, but Jerry with a J um, is a really good photographer, folks. So there's a we we put a link in the chat for uh, his channel. Give her, give her a friend a follow. It's it's a really really it's really good it's really good content. Um, and uh, two hundred one has joined us as well. And some comments in the chat. So Parcel says, "Is Tommy filming a sequel to the Blair Witch Project?" <laughs> what? Uh... <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I, I just have my phone. I don't know why I'm doing Zoom, but uh, it is what it is. It's all right. Because uh, I'm wearing, I'm wearing red or maroon or whatever. Uh, no worries. No, but it's just, yeah. I think it's the angle more than anything, but. Yeah, I don't know where to keep, where should I put my phone somewhere and just leave it? I guess yeah, do that'd that. be fine. Kind of like what, kind of like what Ron does with the phone. Yeah, there you go. That works fine. Okay, um, and some other comments in chat. So Jerry also mentions. I honestly, I don't see Alabama making it to the championship. There, I said it. I listen. I agree. I, I think, I think somewhere in the next two rounds, I feel like someone's going to beat him. Um, and uh, and then uh, Jerry adds, Houston. On the other hand, I feel like they have a bit of an edge to them. So, uh, fellas, if you could comment on either of those, like what what's your feeling on either of those two teams right now? What other teams? I didn't hear. Houston and Bama. I, I'll give it to John first. Uh-oh. Go ahead, John. Um, I mean, Bama, like, if you go by, like, the Ken Palm stuff, like, they're top 10 in offense and defense efficiency. Same with Houston. So that's kind of, like, how I was modeling my picks. Because if you go past, like, the last seven or eight years, the only kind of outlier team was my Huskies in 2014 that won it all with basically kind of off the map. But the teams that are, you know, best on offense and defense usually stay there to the end. Bama's defense, like it's very, very underrated. I mean, they just completely shut teams down, and then when they're hitting three, very, very tough to beat. Same with Houston. Like the performance they put on in the second half, 
against Auburn. I mean, I thought Auburn had a really good chance to win that game. They were up 10 at halftime, and then Houston outscores them like 50 to 20 basically in the second half. Like Auburn legit could not get a field goal. They had like three or four made field goals in the entire half. So when Houston just turns on that other gear um, defensively, very, very tough to beat. And, you know, especially if Sasser's healthy, like I think he proved that, you know, he, he's good over the over the, the weekend with his, his groin injury. So honestly, I had both in the final four. I think both are going to get there. I don't know if they're going to win it all, if they're going to meet each other, but I, I like their odds of getting to the final four. I mean, look, Bama's got to beat San Diego State, who, who's a good team. I mean, they're athletically, and, and it's kind of the team that gives Bama problems, like a physical team. Like we saw Tennessee do it. We saw um, Kentucky kind of do it. Um, we, we saw Oklahoma get physical with them. That was one of the losses they had. But, you know, they're still kind of offensively challenged, uh, San Diego State, that is. So I, I, I would see them getting by San Diego State. And then they play Creighton or Princeton, who, you know, Creighton's a good team, but, like, I think their defense can be had. And Princeton, like, nice story, but I don't think they're going very far. So I think it shapes up well for Bama. Um, and Houston's got a little tougher road because they have to go through uh, Miami. But I, I think Miami's a little fraudulent, as we just talked about. So I think it comes down to, like, Texas or Xavier. And I think Houston versus Texas would just be a fantastic game. That could that could go either way. So of the of the two teams, I think Bama has definitely the easiest path. But I wouldn't be surprised if, if uh, either of them or none of them got to the Final Four. I think both have a great shot. I love that. Before we get to Tommy, I do want to um, I do want to also make note a couple of additional comments from uh, a photic photon um, and. Uh, and they say that a colleague of mine is doing Texas photography for the Texas team, which is good. That's a great, that's a great assignment. Holy cow. <laughs> that's like, that's a great, that's a great team to be assigned to University of Texas, Austin. Like that's great stuff. Um, and then also Princeton, I don't know, like I, I like them, but I really think they are contenders despite the lack of stars. I mean, I think the thing about, I think with, when it comes to, um, when it comes to like, when it comes to them, when it comes to Princeton, it's. It's kind of a don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah, it's definitely not the same kind of star power. Probably not the most athletic team, but I mean, they know they they definitely have their, their they know their spots, and so it seems like a team that's been together a while. I don't know if you all feel that way about uh, Princeton as well. But let's go back to Tommy and get your thoughts on all these teams. Well, to piggyback, I, I think Princeton has looked awesome, and uh, it's crazy how the Princeton offense has been around for like a hundred years and still no one has any clue how to stop it. <laughs> they've, just been shooting light, they've just been shooting lights out. And I think they have a good shot against Creighton. I think they could beat Crane. I, I think Crane's played well, but I think Princeton, as uh, John said, Crane doesn't play great defense and if Princeton's shooting well, I think they could beat them too. Uh, uh, UConn, I've, I've been extremely impressed with UConn. Uh, in their first game, I was joking, saying that they should put Bob Hurley in in the first half because they were struggling. But since then, I feel like since I made that comment, they've they've just been awesome. And uh, Danny Hurley's doing a great job. And it was cool to see uh, Bob Hurley Sr. and the whole family at the game. At the game, and he's wearing uh, Bob Hurley Sr.'s wearing the hat. And he just look he looks very old. And I just remember him. Uh, I'm a high school basketball fanatic for weird reasons but uh that's just how i am and i remember seeing him a lot and uh just weird seeing how old he is now and uh he's actually in the naismith hall of fame if you didn't know but uh yeah i I, i'm most impressed with uconn and i if i had to pick a second team it would be alabama 
Alabama has been lights out, and I think uh, they're going to be very tough to beat. I picked Gonzaga, and now I'm kind of regretting it. I feel like as if, if Timmy doesn't score at least 30 points, they have no shot. Uh, I don't trust anyone else on that team. He, he has to very, he has to dominate for them to have a shot in these games. I feel as if they they, sh- they were lucky to win last night, and uh, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, in the point of God, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I think you know, staying ahead. on Gonzaga, it's just I feel like the interesting thing about both both their games is that they started slowly, like they started really yeah. slow, and it took them a long time to come back and win. And as John and I were talking about earlier in the show, like then we had that fiasco with covering the spread, which is just, I still can't believe that happened. Like it just seemed like John, it was, it was as if that guy, the guy knew. I know he had a bet on it. He was playing for that shot. Like he was like letting the ball roll on the floor. I'm like, yeah, they're rolling the ball down the court. No one was stopping him. They just picked it up. I mean, why, you know, at that, that point, Gonzaga's not going to do anything. They got the game one, but someone yeah. on the TCU team, knew what the number was and like we're playing to get that shot for sure you still gotta make the shot but i definitely understand why some people are like this is fixed you still gotta make the shot but everything else other than making the shot made it seem like it was totally fixed that was just sus as fuck man i couldn't that was just I anybody the game was in Denver, it. right? Sorry, yeah, that was, yeah. it was in Denver. Yeah. yeah, and Colorado has legal betting. Legal betting, too, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be surprised at all. And there was first... definitely a huge roar afterwards. Yeah, exactly. I feel like a right. lot of it was betting, and some of it was just like, <laughs> "Holy crap, you made it!" Yeah. Uh, I wonder if there's like kiosks in the arena. Like they have those all over the place now. Like wherever, wherever you go. So I mean, who? Who knows? But yeah, I got to show you this clip, um, but we're going to do it after. Let, 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 let me show you the clip in a second. Um, I'm going to do. Uh, so for those of you who are, are watching on Twitch, we'll be back in 90 with the, uh, some of you will be back on 90 uh, after this quick melon break. Um, but for the rest of us. Um, yeah. So it just this it's just a. Re- it, and then did you see that did the FAU game where the where the kid was running for a dunk and the over under is 148 and a half. He misses the dunk. I was on the under. I would have been so pissed off if he made that dunk. Oh, is that why? You know what? There was I, at the time, like I thought the the FDU coach was just pissed off because like the game was won and everyone was kind of backing off, and the kid just goes and dunks. But he could have the kid could have had a bet on the over now. Now that you're saying that, Dave, <laughs> he just goes for a random dunk out of nowhere. That now, see, that makes a lot more sense. To it's then he was just trying to score, just for you know to rub it in. Like he had a bet. <laughs> He might have had a bet. I mean, it's. I know that this is what people were warning us about when they were starting to legalize gambling in certain states. They were like, this could be a scenario. But, I mean, it's funny to me, especially since I, I was on the good side of it. But that is, yeah, you're right. There, there might be something to that. Tom, do you remember that one too? Yes, I I, I, I thought some of the was going on there too. I'm not one of these conspiracy theories guys, and I don't think it's, there's anything to it but it, it just looks weird yeah. yeah you never know what's going to happen with, with like college kids at the end of the game like listen to their coach don't listen to their coach like who knows what's going to what's going to happen yeah it's a it's a crazy spot it does make you wonder i mean certainly you can't prove anything at this point but that that definitely that it definitely it was there is something to it? I think seems you know it's it's really wild. Um, King Downbreakers joined us. Welcome, in King. Um, 
Mods, can we shout out our friend King Downbreaker, our good friend, Friday streamer as well? It's nice to see you again, my friend. Welcome in. Chatting basketball. A lot of good stuff here. Um, Tom, you'll appreciate this coming from uh, Jerry, a photic photon. Mostly stamina, like obviously they were great in high school, hence playing college basketball. I think this is speaking of Princeton, but like playing against dudes who played top teams weekly, if that makes sense. And you've been in on the basketball scene in New Jersey too, so as you just mentioned. So you feel like there's something to that as well? I didn't hear the first part. I'm sorry. Oh, like mostly stamina. Like obviously they were great in high school, hence playing college basketball. But playing against dudes who killed played top teams weekly, if that make if that makes any sense. Oh, because Prince is not playing anyone, and but when they play a top program, they have more stamina than the the higher program. Is that what you're asking? I think so. I thought that they were just saying. I thought the comment was more along the lines of like because. The kids are were growing were in high schools where they also feature their top athletes. Like that, that was the angle. But you could go either um, way in there. Yeah, I could, I could see that. But uh, is he getting? Princeton doesn't really play having any top athletes. Is that what he's? Oh yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. I guess that's Whatever true. Maybe, maybe John would understand better than I am. I'm trying to. Whatever you understand. Yeah, I'm honestly not sure. So okay. <clears throat> well, uh, Jerry, feel free to clarify. Princeton's not, get, Princeton's not getting the top uh, players. <laughs> the, the advantage they have is yeah. that these kids are there for four or five years, so they know each other really well. So when they play against a program that has one or one or one and done players, yeah, or players that aren't there for as long, that, that's when they have the advantage because they they know each other very well and they they're very, they have a very fluid offense and they're a smart team. You notice in those first two games, in those two games, they never turned the ball over. Yeah. And they shot exceedingly well. So that's their big advantage. No, I, I hear that. Well, uh, at any rate, let's go ahead and look ahead then. I, I don't think Andy's joined us yet. So why don't we show the clip of the, of the, of again, this intense moment for the TCU game. This was kind of, this was just bananas upon bananas. Where the hell is the clip? What happened to my clip? I lost my clip all of a sudden. Uh, but I had this clip. All right. So I Oh, here I found it. I found it. I found it. Here we go. So this is the this is the reaction at Circus Sportsbook when that whole three-pointer went down. So well, let me maximize this first and I'll play it. Okay, there we go. Okay. So watch this, fellas. Look at this. This is crazy. I mean, you see, you like, can tell some people are thrilled, and then some people are like, "What the hell?" Exactly. Yeah, the guy in the white hoodie just lost like five hundred thousand dollars. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That was a yeah. That's that's crazy. So there you go. I mean, that's 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 what was going on over the weekend, but, really. But you do have people who react like that when they lose ten bucks, which is also very annoying. True. Very that's true. true. That's true. Um, and Tina, thank you for the shout out uh, to King, by the way. Uh, yeah, give our friend King a follow too. But um, but it's 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 just sets up for a really good weekend. And, and that's the one thing that you were really worried about after the first round because he had so many upsets. Was it going to be primarily blowouts? There were blowouts, but not not entirely. I think there were some good games too. The TCU game is obviously a great example of a good game. Um, trying to think, the, the ending, yeah, the Gonzaga TCU game, I thought was the best game. Yeah. I thought so too. I was looking forward to it all day. I was like, "This is gonna be great." And uh, well, you're lucky you're on the West Coast. I was. I, I fell was asleep, not even so I, out. Yeah, I 
I honestly, I bet TC plus four, and then I woke up and I, you know, the first thing yeah. you do, of course, when you're a degenerate gambler, is you check your app to see if you have yep. more money in your account. And I saw, oh, I won. All right, they lost by three. And then I like, you know, then the next thing you do is you go on the social media to see what kind of what happened with the game. And I'm seeing like, you know, craziest beat ever. If you had TCU, and you know, say say your lucky stars. I'm like, what? What's going on? And then I see the, the clip of what happened. I'm like, oh wow, nice. Okay, thanks. I'll I'll take it. Definitely. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't point, make it like, starting that game at like 10:30 at night was just ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. I didn't. Yeah, that's that is true. It, it did start really late, and I don't think that's gonna happen the rest of the tournament. But on a Sunday too, which is just like, eh, you know, I don't know about that's that's probably not the greatest move there. Not, <laughs> put it on <laughs> Tom's kids. Uh, Tom's kids. Yeah, see. Uh, it's good to see Landon though. How, how's the little one doing? He's good. He just took a bath, so okay. he's wound up, and so he's starting to get ready for bed. But most toddlers don't like going to bed, so he's. He's trying to fight it. <laughs> it's very much tracks. Very much yeah. tracks. So let's look at the Sweet 16, everybody. It's really some exciting stuff. Um, Andy still hasn't joined us yet, but we'll. I'll keep the, keep the line open for our friend Andy. Um, but yeah, I mean, coming up, we have just some epic matchups. Like it's really great. In fact, I'm trying to figure out what the worst matchup of this is. Is not. There's really isn't a bad necessarily a terrible one. I feel like Florida Atlantic Tennessee was the closest thing to bad matchup, but even that's not necessarily bad. It just might be ugly, which might also be true of uh, Bama <laughs> against San Diego State. Um, but if we look at, we start with the Thursday game. We'll just start with that. Try to break this down a little bit. So Thursday, you're looking at uh, Michigan State, Kansas State, Arkansas, and UConn. Um, really, really good stuff all the way around. I mean, like this is really going to be an awesome like awesome series and and john you called it like you said that vegas was the place to be for for this for this round it definitely is like you talk oh, about yeah. two games oh we need to go back a peg um i mean you talk about two really good games you got yukon your beloved yukon Huskies in sin city against arkansas that's gonna be a good game and then gonzaga ucla that's a game i think people have been counting have been anticipating for months because you figured like there's a chance they could meet each other at some point and that's just gonna be a great matchup like it, i i'm We'll see where that is. FAU Tennessee, I mentioned them. Michigan State and K State, two teams that, you know, not the not, not necessarily the prettiest teams, but um, that's two... probably that's probably the ugliest game. Yeah, I think I think it's something to do that. Yeah, because I I know what the over under is, but I bet it's a low number. Um, John, if you have that on you, that we'll take. Oh, they'll take. The... I don't even know what it is, but I'm gonna guess it's one thirty-two. All right, you let's, might guess. Let's go we'll see. see how far off I mean. A lot of these over unders are low. Yeah. Well, every under like was hitting, and then of course, like when I start to dive into bet one, you know, Pitt and Xavier score like a billion points on Sunday uh, first game. <laughs> That's crazy for a pick. Well, maybe not that crazy because Xavier's in the mix, but it's it is it is definitely like that. Just timing is everything. Since your situation, I was off a little bit. One thirty-seven. So by my number, wow. there's some some value there on the on the under. That's like done, John. That's a great guess. Um. So we'll look at the totals for the rest of the games. Like totals for Arkansas UConn is under one one thirty nine. I think I'd take the under in that one too. Be it Tennessee FAU is one thirty one and a half. Again, like do you under, see for sure? Yeah, I, absolutely, one. absolutely. Like a complete one eighty from the NBA. I feel like all the NBA total over over unders are like I don't want to like two fifty and that's that yeah. yeah, it's crazy. And I feel like college basketball is like. 
a complete 180 where you're like begging for players to make shots. Yeah. It's and it happens. Like you talk about a neutral court, you talk about teams that feed off the three. If you're not making the threes and you're in a in a different building you're not used to, and you're gonna go on droughts. So you saw so many droughts on Thursday and Friday. Like it, it was just natural. Um, so we look at that first to that first day of the um, of action. It, it definitely looks very promising. So John, I'll give it to you first for the previews of just the first, like, well, we can look ahead at the, the Friday games, and I'll just let you preview them all in one sitting. So Friday, you're looking at San Diego State, Alabama from from Louisville at uh, 6.30 Eastern. And then um, the second game in that in the Louisville region is Princeton-Creighton, which, again, I think you know, Jerry pointed it out, Tom pointed it out, Tom and John pointed it out, and I, I kind of agree. I don't think we sleep on this game. I think there's a chance that Princeton can make things uncomfortable for Creighton. Um, so San Diego State, bam, that's a rock fight. Man, that's going to be a low number. Just take the under in that one, too. Uh, the other two games from the other T-Mobile Center. There's another T-Mobile Center somewhere else in the world. Um, I'm trying... I think that's... Uh, trying to remember the hell that was, it's, but... It's, Kansas City? I think yeah, Kansas City is yeah. the Midwest. Yeah, so Kansas City um, has Miami versus Houston. Number five, Miami. Number one, Houston. And then number three, Xavier versus number two, Texas. And so uh, those are your four games in the on Friday. So, John, let me give it to you first to break down all of the Sweet 16. A lot of good stuff, but what are you lo- looking most forward to? Yeah, these games, well, if I'm just looking at it now, like you have your smaller point spread games all on Thursday compared to Friday. I mean, mm-hmm. If you look at Friday, you know, seven points, eight points, ten points, and then – um, your closest spread on Friday is Xavier in Texas as a four-point spread. But, um, yeah, Thursday, Vegas is the place to be. I wish I was in Vegas. You could watch Arkansas and UConn, obviously, my Huskies, and then Gonzaga, UCLA. What a doubleheader that is. I mean, can't get much better than that. Um, Gonzaga, UCLA is probably one game that might go over because Gonzaga doesn't play any defense, and we know how they can score. They just go up and down the court. And UCLA can get into that kind of game if they want, although I think – the strategy for them in this matchup might be to slow the pace down a little bit and make Gonzaga play to their style of game. And UCLA has the much better defense for sure. Even without Jalen Clark, I think UCLA is, is probably the favorite, deservedly so, to win this game. And they better because in one of my brackets, I have them winning at all, which I kind of regret a little bit now because, my, my like I said, the Huskies look amazing. Um, you know, would, would they get their inside out game? Sonogo is just a beast on the inside. Like he just, just can't be stopped. And they got their guys, you know, shooting from the, from the three point line and they're just so quick and athletic and they're just, they're rolling at the moment. Um, really the only thing that's really has stopped them this year is sometimes Hurley just, I don't know. He just doesn't get the rotations, right. It just just doesn't work out sometimes for, for games um, with, with uh, the coaching and, you know, I obviously they made it this far, so hope they can keep it going another another four games. But um, you know, very very impressed with with the Huskies so far. Um, and you know, Arkansas, like I said, they're a really good team. Uh, they have NDA draft picks. They're going to be uh, you know in the in the summer once once that comes around. Um, and you know, Davis and Smith, they're I mean they're fantastic players. And like I said, Musselman's a good coach, and it'll be a close game. Like I, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be. Um, so d- that doubleheader is just fantastic. The Vegas doubleheader, um, and then the other the other games, you know, Michigan State and Kansas State. I don't know what to make of this one, honestly. 
Like I wasn't high on either team coming into the tournament. I think I had both losing by now in my bracket. So this is not a matchup that I had. Um, you know, Michigan State is a pretty good three-point shooting team, but they had had zero, like had no success with that against Marquette and yet still won. Um, Kansas State has fantastic guard play uh, with no uh, Noel and then Keontae Johnson. Um, so those guys can just go off on any minute and basically carry them. Um, that's kind of what they did at the end of the Kentucky game. Uh, so that's a really good matchup. I honestly, I have to think about that one. I don't know what to make of that. Um, and then FAU Tennessee, like we mentioned, this FAU team has just been great all year. Like they had 30 wins. Now, granted, uh, they got a little bit of break playing FDU in the second round, but still, like they had a great win over Memphis and they earned their spot here. And Tennessee, like they really showed me something. Like Rick Barnes is his style and he's going to stick to it no matter what happens. Um, you know, despite the injury that they had to their to their point guard, they still played their their brand of basketball against Duke and it really worked like it really how physical they were bothered Duke and Duke just couldn't match it. Um, and they hit some threes and that's what they, when Tennessee plays defense and hit their hits, their threes, they're going to win. So um, I definitely like the under on that one. I think they're going to have some success, you know, stopping the Florida Atlantic offense for sure. And I don't see Tennessee shooting like that again from three. I mean, the Duke Tennessee total is one twenty eight and it went under. So one thirty here, like I definitely like under, um, and then the Friday games, I think there's not much drama here with – I think Alabama and Houston are probably going to win. I mean, the spread is eh, Nine. close. I mean, yeah, seven and a half, six and a half. Like, that's right on the edge of what you want to do um, with laying numbers in the tournament because just so much shit can happen at the end of the game. So I don't know about that. Maybe, like, it's probably the squarest parlay ever, but just, like, parlay Alabama and uh, Houston money lines. Yep. I mean, it's probably not even even money, but, like, it's probably a, probably a good bet. Um, and then Princeton Creighton, and I agree. I think like ten points is too many. I think Princeton can can cover that. And this might be an over game. Like I think both teams are going to score one forty. I, I think that's an over bet for sure. And then Xavier Texas is really interesting. Um, that Texas is going to is going to have to give the job. I imagine to Rodney Terry. I mean, how could you not after he wins? Yeah. You know, Beard leaves. He wins the Big Twelve tournament, and now here he is in the Sweet Sixteen with a with a decent chance to get the Final Four. Um, and, you know, they're a very, very experienced team as well. Um, Xavier, not great on the defensive end. They honestly probably should have lost to Kennesaw State, who really blew that game in the first in the first round. But um, so I, I would pick Texas there to advance if, if you know, that's where my money's going to be. So definitely the better slate of games on Thursday compared to Friday. But, hey, with only eight games the next couple of days, so or Thursday and Friday. So we'll watch and wager on all of them. I love it. Uh, we have Andy joining us in just a second or two, but uh, before we get there, John, um, um, Tom, let's get your thoughts on the Sweet 16 as well. Like, you know, like- I think John gave a great uh, synopsis of what we need, uh, of what's ahead. But uh, I, the game I'm most looking forward to is the game I'm going to stay away from, is uh, Gonzaga and UCLA. Uh, that's a two point spread, and uh, I think John's right. I think. The over under is one forty five, which I'm looking right now. It's the second, yeah, it's the second highest over under after Xavier in Texas, which is at one forty eight and a half. Uh, to piggyback John, uh, I think he said to take Houston and Alabama. If you do that, both of those money line, it's minus one thirty five, which isn't bad. But I, would, if I were, if I were doing it, I would do UConn. And uh, let's see, UConn and Houston money line. That's plus one twelve. So that's what okay. I would do and plan on doing. 
So if you do those two money lines, you get more, you get more than, more than uh, your money back. So that's, that's a nice one. Uh, let's see, let's play with this more. Uh, let's say we do. Oh, you know, what I actually like, I don't know if you guys do these, but you ever look at the, the, the same game parlays Yep. for the Gonzaga UCLA game. Guess what the over under is for points for Timmy. 20. No, it's not even 18 and a half. So I would go over that big time. Yeah. It's minus 120, which isn't great, but still over 18 and a half, I feel like is is almost a shoe in with them because he's going to have to score. And you're only, the only thing that might hurt you is if he gets in foul trouble, which is quite possible. I think maybe that's why it's only 18 and a half. Maybe they think he will get in foul trouble. But uh, I think that's, I think that's a good over. But, uh, yeah, I think John gave a great, uh, great preview of what what we're gonna see on Thursday and Friday. And uh, Dave, you're right. Uh, usually, when the when you see a lot of upsets, the Sweet 16 matchups usually aren't great. But I feel as if these these matchups we have on Thursday and Friday are, are very good for the most part. Uh, yeah. The only the only game I can really see, I don't, I don't, I can't see San Diego State winning. I don't, I don't know what John feel how he feels, but I can't see them beating Alabama. And the line being eight kind of says that too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see it. I think Bama's going to win. I mean, the spread is to be very much in doubt, but I, I just I don't I don't see it myself. I agree. I mean, San Diego State just can't. I just don't see how they're going to put up that many points. <laughs> and uh, their defense is obviously very good, but still, have they ever had a good offense? I feel as if they've had a no. terrible. Yes, one year. Remember. Um, it was 2020, right before COVID. Oh. They were going to be a one seed in the tournament. They were like 30 and two, and they had yeah. a good. They had a really good team that year. <laughs> them and Dayton were going to be Dayton. one seed. Oh. The world, the world ended. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's just the ultimate 30 for 30. Like, what could have happened to Dayton? What might have been for Dayton basketball in 2020? Just stinks. Obi Toppin. Yep. Yep. Well, we got it. He had his brother with Kentucky the other yesterday. It was pretty interesting. I think it was his brother. Um, but um, let's welcome Andy to the show. Andy, thank you for joining us tonight. How's it going tonight? I'm still fucking angry, but um, <laughs> I think I think the WBC the WBC has no juice. Everyone wants to say the WBC has juice, but you know, fucking baseball nerds tweeting up a storm. I mean, Cuba this, Japan that. Fucking, I just can't. I can't take it anymore. But. Um, no, we're here to talk about basketball, right? So talk about what you want. We can also talk about the Valspar. No, I. Um, well, I um, we no, we don't want to talk about that either. <laughs> no, we don't want to talk about that either. Some of us had Jordan Spieth tickets, twelve to one and six to one after one. See, ever get that tournament? My that's bad. That's just crazy. My but bad. But I will rewind one little uh, golf thought, and I know John probably paying attention, and and Mike, if he's listening. He probably knows this too, but Jordan Spee has won the last two events that have coincided with Easter weekend. Last year at the RBC Heritage in Hilton Head, and the year before Valero in San Antonio. San Antonio, I'm saying San Antonio, just like Mike. But um, this year it happens to fall over the Masters. So if you are one of those dum dums that likes to play those types of gimmicks, Jordan Spee and Easter Sunday, he'd be putting on that green jacket 
at the same time <clears throat> people are having their Easter when's the game. last time he's won a tournament i know john and you know this offhand so i'm asking last last, last year, year at the rbc was it how about that? Well, RBC Heritage that we just talked about. Yeah, in, in South it? Carolina, week oh, after yeah. Masters. Mm-hmm. He's been close though. Yep. Yep. Um, we're talking about Spieth, right? Just to just fall, try, try yeah. to keep that all straight. Yeah, because so like he won the first tournament in a long time, and I thought it was the Valspar, or it could have been the Valero, and then like what you mentioned was like right after that. So like it, that, that was like his. He actually had two events that that wins that year, if I remember correctly. Um. But uh, Annie, it's good to see you again. Um, you can recap as much as you want. We've already recapped pretty much most of it, and we have a preview. We can do a preview of the Sweet Sixteen as well. Um, if M two hundred one God, aka Toro, says I miss you, Andy. In the I miss Toro. What you don't want to just talk about Spieth top tens in the last <laughs> six months? Because we can, we can. I think we want to talk about uh, Live Golf and Danny Lee winning. <laughs> Uh, in, in Tucson, Arizona, and the great rating it got on the CW this past weekend. Oh my god! So I will say, like the people, the people that are killing the ratings, like if you look at the ratings for like Sony, the Sony Open and the Tournament of Champions, like those those don't do much better in January. But I, I get it, and uh, but I will say it will be it will be delightful if Cam Smith and DJ are in contention uh, over the weekend at Augusta because yeah. it was just for, just for all sort of nonsensical reasons, but right. just to hear Dottie, need, Dottie Dottie Pepper, like tiptoe over everything, you know, when they're hitting them like on the 13th hole and you know, she's, she'll try to make some kind of good comment about them being on, on live golf. That'll be fun. It is funny how there are, um, I don't know if you guys heard the Richard Lerner interview with Dog last week, and and Billy Andrade with Dog. They are very obviously anti-live pro PGA um, because of obvious reasons, and Fred Couples is very anti-live for obvious reasons. But you know, I think for normal clowns like myself and and John and Tom, I don't know if you do, but like if it's like Tucson, I was not watching. I was not watching Tucson because of all the basketball going on, and I had a little bandwidth for the Valspar. But listen, if if it's on TV and it's and it's professional golf and it's got, I'm still gonna gamble on. It. Like there, there are like there, there's room for both. Like I'm if if I'm watching live, it's not it's not uh, it's not me being like, oh, live is working, it's working. I'm right, you're wrong. Cause it, I'm not oh baby, for example. Like I'm not, I'm not doing that. I, I'm, it's just me and my degenerate shell watching golf. Like you know, it, and I, and I'm watching the PGA as well. I'm not saying like this tour. It can only be this tour. It can only be that tour. Like the world can have all the tours if they want, as long as it is a product that is sustainable enough to gambling, which it is then I'm fine with it. Whether it's on CW, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on Bet Rivers, I'm, I'll find a way to gamble on it, and I know John will too. And and then if as long as they can be in the majors, or, you know, Cam Smith is going to be in the British Open for the next five years. Like, Dustin Johnson's going to be playing at Augusta for eternity. Like, those majors will still have the juice regardless of where the live players stand on the PGA tour. Now Ryder Cup's gonna be another interesting story. 
and, and we'll see what happens with world ranking points down the line. But until then, you know, all this stuff is out of our control. We can try to sound like blowhards if we want. We can sound indifferent if we want, but it's out of our control. We can only, you know, we control our little world and in our little world, there's wagers and that's, that's all that matters. But yeah, we kind of went off the beaten path a little bit. Uh, you guys probably had a good recap of round one and round two. Um, I am just so, you know, my ass is hurting. My ass I hear is hurting. You. Yeah. Not because of the chicken wings. It is a little bit because of the chicken wings. <laughs> but my ass is hurting. It is. I am down and out. Oh, uh, man, I know you guys probably talked about TCU Gonzaga. That was a huge swing. Also, what was annoying, and I, I didn't tell John, I told Tommy though, like I was trying to live bet TCU plus seven and a half to plus eight and a half, uh, all second half basically, in my stupid shitty ass website. Uh, oh baby can laugh at that website because he's he's right on this one. Like the whole, the website kept timing out on me and refreshing, and I couldn't get in the TCU live bet which was so annoying and it would have nullified basically it would have taken the sting from uh, the last second three by bar, but Holy smokes. Like there are people that will always have teams like Gonzaga do that to you. And then there are people that always have uh, TCU and get, get on the right end of that back door, like Craig Carton, for example, but um, it'll get to you. <laughs> We'll get to you at some point. Between that bothered me. Uh, Charleston plus five and a half bothered me. I know John was on the right end with San Diego State. Uh, Drake plus two and a half bothered me because Drake was one. Drake was the right play. Drake had Miami dead to rights up 55-47. The coach's son laid the biggest egg of the weekend trying to uh, Reeves on Kentucky yesterday. But his dad, the coach, was just a totally clueless clown saving those timeouts. I mean, that game really bothered me Friday night, uh, Miami-Drake, because I had Drake in the Sweet 16. They would have been a tough match. Oh, fucking Mexico. Oh, Tommy's watching baseball. But, um, no, I'm sure John and Tommy already kind of rehashed the madness of of those first two rounds. And uh, what I – oh, this clown also had uh, Memphis. Memphis uh, with the ball up one. And they couldn't even take that game home. That Memphis FAU game was basically Oof. that ended exactly how you would expect a Memphis game to end. I mean, they have all the talent in the world. They just they just have two cent brains, top to bottom. Uh, what other? What else kind of bothered me? Um, Auburn kind of had the classic Auburn game. As good as they played in the first half against Houston, they were just as bad in the second half against Houston, getting outscored by thirty. That is like that is a Bruce Pearl. That is like that should be in the Bruce Pearl like Mount Rushmore of games that that game right there because Auburn, a lot of those SEC schools go through these uh, moments and games where it's like they 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 just don't know how to play basketball. It's like they've never played basketball before, and uh, usually you just hope that can be kind of contained for like four minutes, and then the next media timeout they they remember how to play basketball, but. For Auburn, it happens for like 10 minutes. It could happen for an entire half like it did against Houston. But um, it happened to Kentucky for a little bit. That game bothered me too. I had Kentucky minus two and a half against Kansas State. I thought Kentucky could be a real live team to go deep in the tournament with Oscar Shibway. That guy is just a rebounding machine. I don't know how, what you guys think he'll do in the NBA. Tommy is more of an NBA guy than me. I don't know if Oscar Shibway can – 
have that rebounding ability in the NBA because he's only 6'9", but, I mean, that guy just knows how to get those rebounds. But he's fun to watch. He was really fun to watch. So I was really down on Kentucky between Chibway and Toppin and Reeves and uh, the other freshman, that, the only freshman that played good yesterday for him, uh, Casey, I forget his name, but uh, th- that team had ability. And um, Kansas State, that point guard, just hit those two threes in crunch time. And obviously they got that uh, the big guy for them, KJ. I mean, yeah, Jerome Tang, Paige Lang, but that that game kind of bothered me too. Indiana, I don't know if John already talked about Indiana, Miami, but that game bothered me because we love Laranega. We slurp, we slurp everything Laranega has to shoot at us. We love Laranega, um, and we hate Mike Woodson. But all these like all these smart people, and they are smart, but all the smart people they said. Indiana, uh, Indiana is a team to play against Miami because the one thing Miami does well defensively, which is the press that got Drake all fucked up, but they said Indiana is like the best team at nullifying defensive pressure full court. And uh, the problem with Indiana last night is that they looked like an NBA team in November. There was no sense of urgency. There was no sense of March where, yo, if you lose, you're done. And Mike Woodson... Mike Woodson just kind of he, – he had like a Cardwell look on the sideline. There's no emotion coming from him. And TJD, I mean, he had the softest 25-point game ever, if that makes sense. I mean, he was 7 for 9 at one point, but he looked like he was just going through the motions. And the guy with the hyphen in his name, uh, he, he didn't play good. And then the, the the stiff with the beard with the hurt wrist, he, he disappointed me too. <laughs> it, was just, it was just a bad look with Indiana, all those dudes – looking like villains from a 1980s movie with the headband. I'm like, guys, <laughs> look doesn't work. And Miami just embarrassed them completely. Um, now, having said all that, like, it's still a great tournament. It's still a great event. I just, for the second year in a row, I've just, I've been, I've just been the ultimate clown with, with, with betting. And I, I need to reevaluate what I need to do. I've uh, talked to John offline about this at some point, but maybe just not even bet the first round and just put all your focus on the bracket. And when the bracket yeah, is nice. goes belly up, then we can start betting like a fucking madman again. But <laughs> I mean, I got zero work done on Thursday and Friday. Like I didn't move. I didn't move. I went to the bar a little bit to put some flames out, but. It was a cra- it's been a crazy term. The other thing I don't know if you guys talked about is how horrendous the three point shooting has been. Yeah. And uh, if Dave, if you've been if you bet on the under in every game, including the NIT, it's pretty CBI, close. You, you, would, you would be an, you would be a rich man. But yeah. I mean, some of these guys on Twitter, and they're not like they're not like me, like this fucking nameless, faceless loser tweeting from the couch. They're like real people that have their jobs are to cover basketball and write about basketball. They insist that some of these rims Sacramento to be like the number one culprit was like, they're like, I'm going to go down with this tape. But like, I swear these rims are like extra tight, extra tight, extra tight rim. rim Interesting. The opposite opposite of the Aloha shootout gym. But like Dave, these shooting performances were just absolutely horrendous. Unless, you know, except for Xavier, and of course this clown had pit. <laughs> Xavier just went off from three yesterday. But um, yeah, yeah, I was just you're right. Just a lot of cold shooting, and then in, in, in the college tournament, like for the 
you know, you usually you, you take teams and like, man, if they can just get hot from three for, you know, a half, you're you're in good shape. That's what we thought Utah State would do against Missouri. The weirdest thing about Princeton getting to be where they are right now is that for two games, like I know the you close your eyes and you just assume Princeton is going to hit threes and be crafty and their whole, they've already been born. They're born on third base, these future investment bankers, but um, they, they actually didn't shoot the three well at all against Arizona and they shot a little better against Missouri, but they uh, like, it's not, that's not why they're in the sweet 16. It, It has nothing to do with their three point shooting has more to do with basically like the pick and roll and, and the, and the easy basket that they've gotten, but uh, and then yeah, Arizona not showing up. But anyway, Dave, you it's your that. show. You want to? <laughs> well, first just, of all, keep going, I, keep going. Props on your call, Arizona, because we talked about how you you're calling them to flop in the tournament. They sure did. I mean, losing outright to Princeton in the first round like that—that that was embarrassing. But but listen, like props to Princeton too, in a lot of ways. Um, in fact, actually, Princeton seems to be solid uh, for the most part. But you're so right about the under. I mean, I mean, I was definitely. I picked like three or four overs in this tournament. I'm pretty sure I lost like three out of four of them. <laughs> but the rest of the way, it was unders. Under, 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 under. Like there were some unders which I just thought were outrageous. Like there's some were like a 140 something. I'm like no. And then I think there was one game where they didn't even come close to it. So I'm like, this is not the tournament for this. Um, but I'll tell you this: TCU and um, Arizona and, and uh, Gonzaga are definitely the lone exceptions to that. Those guys can score. They they, they look good. Yeah, so again, Creighton can score. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, that Creighton-Princeton game is probably going to be a high, high, a lot of points in that game. I read an article that, like, it, it's just a blind system bet. Like, if, if you're taking unders on neutral court games between, like, 145 and 155, it, it hits, like, 60% of the time, yeah. basically. It doesn't matter the two teams. Neutral court unders with that point total, you just blindly bet the under. And it, so far, it's it's proven to be – a winner for the most part. And I, I did see what, to Andy's point, I think it was Iowa state was complaining about the rims. And then they go out and shoot like literally one of the worst games in the history of the NCAA tournament. Uh, I think it was 22 to two pit at one point. Um, and that first round game, like they were just completely just miserable. I can only imagine what would have happened if Mississippi state was playing Iowa state because they can't shoot either. Like it literally might've ended 30 to 29 that game that, <laughs> that happened. So actually we're kind of glad that Pitt won that playing game. Yeah. I was so waiting. I want to give props to John. Cause I, one of my, I was going to take Baylor and then he said, he's going to, then John's like, I'm taking Creighton. So I switched. I, I went to Creighton though. I did bet Baylor live at halftime and that, that didn't, they didn't cover by a point. They needed to lose by eight. They lost by nine, but I took Creighton based on John's pick. And then when I was just like in my misery last night after the TCU game, I was just stumbling on old tweets and like videos and previews, like why I'm watching previews when the games already happen. And one, and I bet John already knew this angle ahead of time. So one of the reasons why people liked Creighton, and I know I give bread a, a hard time on Twitter, but it's half of it's joking. And, in Creighton, a lot of time they are a defensive liability, but I guess what Creighton does well is they they create they they make their other teams that they play take a lot of mid range jump shots. And Baylor is one of the worst mid range uh, teams in the country, so that's why Creighton was like a big 
a big play amongst people that like to gamble. So I don't know, John, if that was part of your reasoning in taking Creighton, but man, it played off. It played out exactly how the prognosticators thought it would play out. Right. Yeah. No, I didn't know that angle. There's just a couple of reasons. Like you just kind of look at the the you know the seedings of the teams. Like all right, Creighton's a six seed, Baylor's a three seed. Yeah, Creighton's like a two point favorite. Like it just kind of that was the first kind of red flag. And then if you look at the efficiency numbers. Baylor was like a kind of a red flag team in that their defensive efficiency numbers were just in the hundreds. And like, you can't, those teams never advanced that far. And with the way that Creighton can shoot, um, it was just a bad matchup. And plus Creighton was kind of, they really shouldn't be a six seed. Like if Kalkbrenner had played like earlier in the year, they probably would have been like maybe a, maybe a four seed. So that kind of stretch stretch that they had to kind of knock them down. It just, it just felt like a good, a good, uh, a good pick to me. So we went with it. So I'm glad that was one of the ones that hit. Um, yesterday was was better than I'd say uh, Friday and Saturday for sure. These I don't know what these kids are doing following three point shooters at the end of the game. Uh, Fucking Texas had that cover and they they followed the kids shooting a three. And then UCLA, like the very next game, like just back off. Like what are you doing? Yeah, that was the worst. That was so annoying. Oh, you know, I did and see I that. Was, and of course, I, I had taken. I was like, "All right, this seems pretty safe. I'm going to do a, a Missouri-Texas money line parlay." Like, All right, that's pretty safe. And of course, fucking Missouri shits the bed, like we talked about. <laughs> and then I was like, "Well, maybe I should do Texas and UCLA now." But no, that's really that's kind of juicy. So I'm just going to bet them both at the spread. So yeah, there's another three units down the drain because you know instead of like they just you know parlayed them together. So just I'm, I'm with Andy. Sometimes it just snowballs on you as, as the day goes on. You just you you need to hit a few earlier, just like kind of maintain your 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 you know like a two and two start or like three and three or three and four, and then like pick it up because if you start like one and four or one and five in the hole, like it's just it's a rough day when there's like the whole night session still left ahead of you. <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah. You guys all have better discipline than me. I have no self control about this. I. uh Luckily, the gambling gods threw me one one morsel of a bone. I won nine hundred dollars on slots Friday night at midnight because I was so angry and I was oh, like, yeah. I gotta, I gotta itch, I gotta itch something before these games start. And I'm telling you, that nine hundred dollars doesn't even cover, doesn't even oh, cover my. what I ended up paying the bookie this morning. But it's all good. We're already. Oh my goodness! Did the bookie may say thank you or make a comment or anything? Uh, the bookie just says thanks. Have a nice week. But, he um, never says rough week. No, he's. Why would he? There's no, there's no, there's no emotions involved. There's no pleasantries. Maybe around the holidays, it's hey, Merry Christmas. <laughs> well, Merry Christmas. Your number, you owe this much. What's the plan? <laughs> <laughs> no more PayPal. It's always PayPal. It's always uh, I know this is. I know this is rare, but when you actually win. Does he pay you on time, the same time every week? Yeah, well, or... so when you get paid out, it's usually Monday, early afternoon, or late morning. And then gotcha. if you owe him, like, you, you better you better pay up. I mean, yeah, you just you just you pay. What do you gotta nah, do? Nah, freaking pay? Mexico. Mexico's blown this open. Out of home. So you're like the one that you. There's actually a second person watching World Baseball Classic other than Fiddle. I didn't realize that. Come on, come on, Dave. <laughs> Dave, you're Mexican. You're Mexican. You're not. I know. This. I know. My dad's been watching. My, my dad's been telling me about it. He's saying that it was five, a good three, five three going to the bottom of the. Hey, eight. listen. It's another. It's a true underdog story. Mexico's beating the odds. Like they beat, took out Puerto Rico. I mean, very weird how Rosarina is playing for Mexico and not Cuba. 
It's very weird. There are a few of those. Like, uh, you know, uh, isn't Mookie play for a really big... like it. It's interesting. It is interesting. I don't really like it. The big home run last night, the guy that gave it up was Ronnie Elias. That guy can't yeah. even – that guy was on the Mariners. He was on the Red Sox. That guy is an absolute – that guy, you that's worse than like uh who's the guy that uh dave gauss the guy that throws bp <laughs> to alondo the home run derby like might as well have him throwing out there oh, if yeah. he's a red sox reliever you know he's bad <laughs> exactly <He's> bad. <laughs> <laughs> yep you know it's funny you mentioned that you know ever since kimbrell came with the dodgers pretty much tracks like yeah he was a red sox reliever one point two because like he was trash. They had to be demoted at some point. Not we. I don't do the who's we. Who's but. we? Who's we? Who's we? Who's we? Just like Mike. Oh, did but, I do uh, we? Oops, my fault. My bad. My bad. No, I I did we by accident. Everybody, everybody. I don't does. do we. The Red Sox signed. Uh, they signed uh, Jansen. Oh no! You know Have stink. fun with that, Andy. Have fun with Ooh, that. The Braves. The Braves. He's on the. He's on the back nine, obviously. Yeah. But um. Let's uh, say hello to Dark Native, uh, a, a talk show host. It's great to see you again, Dark. Uh, welcome in. Go follow our friend Dark Native, Native with an eight in the name, um, who says women Mexico women's soccer team clobbered the U.S. Awesome. <laughs> I should mention Dark is from Canada. But <laughs> Tommy, where are the Christmas lights? What happened in that game there, Tom? Uh, like, would you would you would you be privy to that one? Is this USWNT? Is that what is that what Dark's referring to? I think so. Hmm. I I, I don't know. You have me stumped there. Yeah. All right. No worries. No worries. Um. <clears throat> so let's get back to it. So, Andy, just to, just some, any. Do you have any quick hitters as far as games you're looking forward to from the Sweet Sixteen round? Yeah. I wanna I wanna give props to uh, <clears throat> wanna give props to San Diego State for being the one team out of the Mountain West that covered and advanced. If you follow the Mountain West model, if you faded all of them, you would have gone three and one uh, in the first round. Uh, me being the absolute fool who said I'm going to fade every Mountain West team in the tournament, ended up taking Nevada in the playing game, ended up taking Utah State against Missouri, ended up betting against San Diego State, and ended up betting against Boise. So it could have been better. Could have been could have been worse, but I did not stick to my word. So funhouse me. But kudos for San Diego State for finally getting uh, off the schneid. They hadn't won an NCAA tournament game in years, um, despite all that talent. And just like like John mentioned, you guys mentioned in the COVID year, San Diego State getting a one seed date that would have been a, a wild experience. But um, kudos to them. Kudos to Rick Barnes for exercising his demons. Um, they bullied the shit out of Duke. I did not see that coming. The media fed us so much. Duke is trending. Duke is trending. Duke is trending. Duke is a two seed masquerading as a five seed. And I bought all that shit. I did too. I did too. I ACC, you should have known. Should have known. He's been trash all year. And Tennessee just punched him in the mouth. Now, a lot of people were down on the SEC too. And the SEC has kind of represented themselves pretty well. They could have represented themselves a little better had Kentucky taken care of business. But um, whatever. I want to actually give props to the the Big East. Uh, they they are a conference that is never short of storylines, obviously, with the coaching stuff that's happened in the last 24 hours and their play on the basketball court. 
Now, Shaka Natso versus Tom Izzo. I had to take Tom Izzo over Shaka Natso in that spot. Now, if you're a Marquette fan, you're probably like, this season leaves a bad taste in our mouths because they uh, offensively are very, very talented. Like, Shaka's a good coach, but Izzo's better. And, yeah, you do worry about Shaka as a favorite. I like taking Shaka as an underdog. And Izzo is just a – he is a uh, staple of this time of year. He can squeeze – blood out of the stone with those teams and, and he did now i don't know if the ride's going to how much longer the ride's going to continue but good job out of out of them now uh now but but yukon and xavier sweaty sean and Brad creighton like they are all dancing in the second round or, or the second weekend of the tournament and that's hard to do i know um john the local connecticut guy he probably read all the storylines, you know, Dan Hurley, a lot of pressure on Dan Hurley to, to, to win some tournament games. And after that first, you know, the first half against St. Mary's first half against Iona, and then they made adjustments in the second half, respectively of both those games. And, uh, you know, it's still a crazy tournament. All it takes is one 10 minute stretch and, and you're gone. But um, UConn is like back to being uh preseason slash early season UConn where they were beating Alabama, they were beating Oregon, they were uh they were just firing on all cylinders. So he's he's got them back. Um so great job out of UConn. That UConn Arkansas game, I have no idea how to handicap that. Because Arkansas is a little girl with the curl to borrow a mic saying. Uh they I would argue they win in spite of what Musselman does. Musselman and Bobby Hurley remind me of the same type of coach where they don't run a lot of stuff. They just kind of let the players do whatever they want to do. And you know this because every game they still have like two to three timeouts left with a minute remaining. It's because they don't they don't call timeouts to call stuff. They just they just let the players dictate the, the flow of the game for the most part. And uh for better or for worse. So that Arkansas Kansas game was kind of crazy because at at multiple times it seemed like Kansas was going to run away with it. And then Arkansas was just very gritty. Uh, Council Council reminded me of like a smaller, the Trail Sprewell wasn't hitting any threes, but just hitting a ton of mid-range jumpers. And then one of the freshmen didn't even like get any playing time. Like they, Arkansas has two freshmen that are going to be arguably two uh, lottery picks in the NBA. And one of them hardly gotten any playing time uh, against Kansas. So Arkansas has a ton of talent. It doesn't always translate into like pretty games. They, in fact, they, they play a lot of ugly games. So like that Arkansas Connecticut game, I, it could either be like 83, 80, or it could either be 55, 51, you know? That's a, I, I, that's a great point. I, gosh, you know, there's so Arkansas has definitely been probably one for me, like the, since Muslims been there, one of the most, inconsistent offenses i can remember like you, you you definitely can see that variance with with them like it's very interesting to see to say to mention that uh Stuart, hey welcome in it's nice to see you dark natives with too um glad to see you in our chat uh feel free to comment on all the games i did get a couple notes um one from Stuart who says that his favorite games coming up this weekend this is in this is in text but um Miami versus Houston is like the big one. And then um, he also mentioned uh, UCLA and Gonzaga, which we covered earlier in the show. But I don't think we talked a lot about Miami Houston. Well, number one, is there going to, what is the, what is the total going to be for that? Like, what's the score going to be for that game? Like, it could be a low scoring game too. But 
Um, Tom, do you want to tackle that a bit? Like, what, where do you see? Yeah, those? hold on. I got it right here. Okay. Give me, give me, give me a second. Okay. Maybe, maybe uh, John's got the over under. I thought it was one thirty eight. Uh, let me see. Uh oh! If you're if you're no, looking for the number, yeah. Oh, it's one thirty eight. One thirty eight. Okay. That's a weird number. Yeah. Uh, just under. Under again. Any Houston game, you just your your first thing is under because they can shut anybody well, down. Well, well, yeah. Even Samson, I think, made a comment saying that his team is absolute crap half the time and he actually apologized for it i forget the exact line but he pretty much said that his team plays like garbage for long stretches and he doesn't understand why but uh yeah i i think i think houston's gonna win it's just a matter of if they cover the the number the number seven it's it's that's a that's a dicey one it's a little high but uh i think if i had to pick i would pick houston and just hope that uh, they they cover, but uh, that's a high number. Uh, John, let's have you tackle that one. Like that's it's an interesting it's an interesting one to to, to talk about because like I feel like Houston's got it, but just a matter of how much. Yeah, I don't know any much more to add. I mean, Lara Nega definitely could match wits with yeah. Samson, so I think that's kind of an even even game. And Miami has great guards with um, Hack. Um, and then I always forget the other guy's name, the other guard they have. Wong. Yeah, Isaiah Wong. Thank you. Yeah, those two, they're, they're fantastic. So, um, and they had their their big guy there. I think his name is Orm, who was supposed to be out versus Drake, but he ended up playing. So they kind of have one big presence. Um, I mean, I know the ACC has been garbage all year, but when you have veteran guards, like you can kind of stay in a game. So, like I said, like that that's right on the edge of what I want to lay. Uh, with Houston if it was like four like yeah sure I'll, I'll do it but like six and a half seven might be a few too many so I, I, oh, I we might have to do the the square parlay like like Tommy uh, had mentioned before the square money line parlay but unfortunately I can't parlay um UConn here yeah you can uh, you yeah. can't just like I can't bet Princeton yeah so I might you know but the good news is like all the surrounding states now have uh mobile betting so i'd just drive a little bit if i really wanted to and just put a bet, bet that way but I, I probably won't do that so i might just do the um alabama houston and then maybe i'll throw something else in there for a, like a money line uh a money line scenario and then just bet the under too like like i said because i think i think houston can can shut down miami's offense and then we've seen houston doesn't really score a ton that much themselves i don't i have to look up miami's defensive numbers i don't think they're great but i mean miami and drake play to a rock fight so i imagine miami and houston can play to a rock fight so that's that's what i'd lean love it um andy i'll give you a chance to give you some quick hitters on that too but in addition it's now time to review to to estimate who you think the final four will be out of who's left so andy if you've got predictions on that we will we'll take them uh so uh take it away yeah, so with Miami, Houston, like, yeah, as you know, we, we love Laranega, we slurp Laranega, and we love the guard. But um, what I worry about is I saw this morning, and it's early, it's Monday, right? So it could change. But 70% of the public that have bet on Miami, uh, Houston, 70% is on Miami, and the other, like, overwhelming uh scenario with that where the public is just overwhelmingly taking one side is the Princeton game against Creighton. So I might just have to take Houston and Creighton based on that because I don't want to be on the public side. 
in that situation. So with Houston and Miami, you know, Houston reminds me of like Houston does all the things that both San Diego, like it's if San Diego State, if San Diego State's program had a baby with Memphis's program, they would and only had like the good genes from both those schools, then you get you get Houston. That's just my like analysis of Houston year in and year out without mentioning players' names. That's Houston. And so um, so with Houston, they like to play at a snail's pace, much like San Diego State. But like Memphis, they have guys with like crazy wingspan and can just eat you alive uh, with an offensive rebound standpoint. So I feel like with Miami, with their guard-heavy lineup, eventually the size might hurt Miami. They might get tired in the second half, and you might – run into an instance where uh, much like that Kansas Miami game in the elite eight last year, where Miami was up six at halftime, but by the second half, uh, Kansas kind of figured them out and their talent kind of rose them to the top and Miami didn't even cover that game. So I think over 40 minutes, Miami might run into some problems with, with Houston, with Houston's length with Houston's uh, offensive rebounding tenacity. Think about Houston. And and so with that over under, like I would, if I had to play it, I would take under, but then what also would worry you if it turns into a ref show and five minutes into the first half or second half, you know, Houston's already in the bonus and they're shooting free throws after free throws after free throw, or if it's a close game down the stretch and whoever's losing is, is fouling in the, you know, you get like 19 points in the last, you know, 52 seconds because of all the free throws and layups given up. But uh, yeah, that's just my quick hitting analysis on that game. Mm-hmm. Now, if we want to talk about final four teams, um, I mean, I'm going to just really surprise everyone here. <laughs> I, think, I think Alabama's going to okay. get there. I think, um I still have a Houston Xavier. Uh, all right, I'll I'll get a little fancy here. I, I'm gonna take. I, I think Xavier at the end of the week, uh, in in uh, in fucking Kansas City will will be the team to to leave Kansas City going to Houston. I think Xavier. If yeah, if Xavier can mimic what they did against Pitt and and they can shoot like they did with Sweaty Sean. Uh, they, they might be able to get some magic going. Um, the Vegas bracket is is fucking sexy as hell between Arkansas and, and UConn and Gonzaga and UCLA. It's so sexy. I don't really know how to how to judge this one. Um, but I will I will put on my Mongo shoes and I'm gonna. Apologies in advance for the Yukon fans, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna strap my boots on the Yukon bandwagon right now. And Dan Dan Hurley. Um I mean imagine if it's Dan Hurley and Mick Cronin exchanging wits uh five <laughs> days from now, that is gonna be a juicy game. And then in the uh in just the absolutely scrambled bracket Fantastic. Uh, no, no Arizona, no Kentucky. I mean, God damn it! Do we really have to entertain? I mean, at this point, are we really got to entertain Tennessee. 
I mean, if we're going to say it, I, I think FAU has as good a chance as all those teams. Don't you guys? So yeah, yeah I love I love Davis at F, on FAU. He's a great oh, yeah, player. They got some, yeah, they got some players for sure. I mean, they have as good a chance as any of those teams. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if any four of those made it. So let's just get a little funky in FAU. The other thing, like, I'm not going to pretend I know FAU, but they have, like, they play, like, nine or ten guys. It's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very fast team, it seems. How about so where, where do you guys think? Guard. I know, Dave, I'm hijacking the program, but if that FAU coach, he's like he's gonna be wanted like very fast. Like, where's he gonna go? Well, there's an opening in Providence now, right? <laughs> they, I guess, Providence is going for Kim English. Uh, who, who's gonna get the Who's gonna get the Notre Dame job? Is it the guy from Charleston? Hell of a question. See, Dame, I don't think Notre Dame that good job. Did you it's see crazy. Mike Bray's at South Florida now? Unbelievable. I thought he was retiring. Hey, what happened to retiring? <laughs> yeah, two days later, what? he shows up in Tampa. Yeah. Something so really bad. Yeah, I'm, something re- must have really had to go rotten for that uh, relationship. Because obviously he wasn't done with coaching. and he's. Well, he, Notre Dame's been trashed for how long now? At, yeah, at least, least five a few years. years, right? Yeah, he's sick of losing. ACC is yeah. not a good, it's not a good matchup for like Notre Dame ACC basketball is kind of weird. And he can he was linked, he was linked like, with the Georgetown job, but I never thought he was going to get that. Wow! Well, the guy from FDU, you think he's going to get any looks off of just one no, game? I think it's still too early. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I can't believe Mike Brady's got another job. I just like what. I couldn't believe it when I read it today. I thought it was yeah. like something out of the onion. Like what? Like he's at <laughs> the USF now? I, he was yeah. just partying with the Notre Dame students. Like he's partying Tampa now, I guess. <laughs> I mean, you know, people might think that the Rick Pitino hired by St. John's is surprising. I don't think it's that big a surprise, especially compared to that. Like, especially Mike Bray. I mean, like that's just wild. I do want us to thank Moon to eight fifty eighty five fifty one for the follow. Thank you so much for the follow. I welcome to the Sandman. Nice to meet you here. Um, so let's uh, continue around that. I, I do love your savvy final four picks. Like, if you're going to go nuts, go nuts. Andy's got I love where Andy's head is at with, with those picks. So, uh, Tom, let's go to you next. Who are you taking? All right. Uh, I'm going to go Bama. Okay. I love I love the Kansas State point guard, so I'm going with Kansas State in the craptastic bracket. Uh, and then I'm going I'm going to stay with Gonzaga, even though I think they're going to lose. And I'm going to go Houston. I, I, I really don't trust Gonzaga, but I'm going to stick with it. I don't really like that pick, but uh, gun to my head, if I had to pick, I'd pick UConn on that, on that side. But I'm going to stick with Gonzaga. Uh, I think you got one more region, or unless I just missed it, the, the Bama Should region? I picked Houston. I picked Houston, okay. and then I'll, uh, Bama. Oh, you picked Bama, okay. And then Kansas State. Gotcha. And uh, you, you asked a question about the Kansas State point guard. I I actually got my our friend coach uh, Andrew Jacobson loves that guy. Norwell is Norwell the, the kid's name? Like he's great. Yeah, he's great. Like, yeah, that's a that's a he great. He just reminds me of Caleb Love, where he I mean the guy shoots thirty eight percent from like not just three. He's an overall thirty eight percent shooter. Look it up. But man, he made some big shots, and I know they were slurping him yesterday. Because he, he he plays like Kyrie. Kyrie's his favorite player. And he does kind of remind you of Kyrie. But, um, yeah, I mean, that guy was hanging brain, making those big shots. 
Kentucky wasn't hanging brain, making big shots down the stretch. Nope. Um, Jamie, eight, 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 eight. Thank you so much for the nineteen month resub. Welcome in. And and this this breaking news from Jamie Grizzlies are, is going to win. I cannot believe that because I. So Jamie and I were both on the Grizzlies giving two, three, four, depending on where you had it, what time you got it. Um, they were down sixteen and entering the fourth quarter, and they're they are leading by. Five. Okay, so I could still mush that, but no, no, that's it's over. final. It's, it's four. final. Okay, four. let's go. Let's go. I can't believe that. Now, Andy, were you on this game? <laughs> no, I yeah, because I told you, I, I even though I got told you my butt still sore, <laughs> pounding, but, uh, I I hopped back on. Oh, I said, no. I, it's gonna lose. So I have yeah, I did a the squares of square money line parlays with. Uh, uh, the Grizzlies, okay. the Avalanche in hockey, okay. the uh, the other big favorite in hockey, but the the Kings, the Kings are down. They were down twenty two to the Jazz as seven point favorites, and they're down nine now. So they're starting to make a little comeback in the third quarter. But we still need. Uh, oh man, yeah, we That's... we have the Avalanche and we got the Oilers. Okay. I, one of those teams will lose. I'm not... <laughs> I feel your pain. I mean, honestly, I'm glad the Grizzlies came back, though. That's that's good. I mean, I do have a question, John. Did you bet yes. the CBI today with the first? <laughs> I, I did not. I, I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to take a break from uh, the degenerate activity on that because I, I I couldn't do it. But tomorrow, semifinals and NIT games, we are there. So plays to plays to come tomorrow on those four games. Absolutely, unders. I don't know. It's not neutral sites, though. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. No, I'm sorry. The CBI is a neutral site, okay. so maybe unders on those with this NIT <laughs> at the home arenas. Uh, I don't know about that. So yeah, well, I'm definitely going to be in on those action tomorrow, and then I think yeah, the CBI is at a neutral site, so then the final will be Wednesday, and there'll be two more NIT games on Wednesday. I saw Utah Valley is hosting an NIT game. Like that's got to be a pick. I think they're playing Cincinnati on Wednesday. Okay. Like. When 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 does Utah Valley get a chance to win the NIT? Like you you got to hammer that one at home. Like let's go, come on. That's, that's cool to see. I love. I've never, I know Utah Valley. It's that's exciting. Um, Jamie has some. Jamie, it's great to see you again. And uh, Jamie mentions my best betting is golf. So Jamie was really rolling with golf. Like Jamie was betting um, golf day by day. And uh, Jamie was riding um, Adam Shank like most of the weekend. Um, didn't get it done on Sunday, but 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 Adam did, got it done the other two days. Like it was it was pretty wild stuff. So um, hope he had him top ten at least because he's still yeah was top, top five would be a nice payout. Yeah, Jamie says there was more golf this weekend, but I don't think Adam is in. It. Probably not, but you know if you want some advice, we can give it to you, Jamie. Let us know. Uh, we we nobody no two people know golf better in our panel here than our friends John and, and Andy. The only other one would be Mike, and Mike Mike was with oh, us last Mike, week. Mike, yeah, Mike, Mike and John. Mike would be stuff. like the guru. Yeah, but match play this week. That no, that's a degenerate gambling event for sure. <laughs> seriously, like you have 30, 32 matches each day that you could gamble on, basically all of them if you wanted, and then it's just you know you could bet the group winner, you could bet you know the final four. Like it's it's just. It's almost bad that this tournament is coming up this week. <laughs> we're going to have to do some betting, and the field is a little weaker this year. So oh, yeah. hopefully, some of these some of these group parlays will work out when past they they really really did in. So I'm looking forward to this one. I miss the old format where literally you could be one and done, bet, right? 
one and done and you'd be flying back to florida for yeah yeah i remember that like it was one of those things where the the most exciting days were like you know wednesday thursday friday and then it just kind of was like eh, on the weekend when you one year it was like uh oh gosh it was one of the first years it was like kevin sutherland against gosh i, I forget who the, it was like the 62nd against the 63rd ranked players in the finals just like all right like at least wednesday was exciting so i, I guess that's kind of why they changed to the pod to the pod format although it's still pretty exciting on the weekend at least you get it's not like a, a bad tv product until the final and you know you just kind of deal with it at that point exactly yeah there's and now with the group play you got like you know if there's a tie they then those the two guys battle it out sudden yeah. death whatever that's that's kind of cool it's just yeah you got to do a little homework after those first two days where it's like you stay away from the matchup where like neither guy has a chance to, yep, to win exactly. like, why are these guys even playing but there's a lot to <laughs> just true fair on that too jamie actually just started betting um in massachusetts because they just started uh um jamie says betting just became legal here march 9th so but jamie's in boston and uh she won $150 on Shank on Saturday. So that's a great job out of Jamie. Like, that's really great. On a matchup bet? That's nice. Pretty good. St- yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, was that a two-ball or three-ball, Jamie? Like, um, here's the biggest one, though. Jamie, like, I think it was, like, in the middle of the game. The money line for Farley Dickin- Fairley Dickinson was plus 600. Jamie fired on it. Plus 600 win for Jamie for, for, for winning outright. That's wild. Like, big stuff. Um, okay, so Andy, some comments for you from Oh Baby. Andy, the Sony Open on the Golf Channel, not Network TV, did three times what Liv did this pack past weekend, and the appeal... Andy addressed that, I thought. And the appeal of Liv is that it starts every tournament, whereas a crappy Sony Open you reference has nobody there. Liv's becoming a bigger flop by the day. I'm not even sure what that is. Oh Baby says, all the love, sorry about your bets. That's a lot to... <laughs> That's a lot going on there in that comment, Dobie. There's, there's no chance uh, Andy's coming back to Discord now. Thanks, so, baby. I don't care about Discord. I don't. I mean, he can be right. If you, oh, baby's right. That's on, I want on my gravestone. I was never right, but it's okay. I'm not even sure what that's about, so I will just leave that alone. Um, Jamie says FDU was winning when I bet. So I knew they would keep the lead. Yeah, I, I I'm trying to remember what that was. They were winning by like six, I think, at that point, because they were up by a good amount. And you kind of wonder like where that point was where you thought they actually could pull it off. And I think it was kind of around there, like when they were up a good amount. You're like, you know, it's like two things, right? Like John, if you're like if you if you think back to like what Purdue was doing, we're not doing really like. They were getting nothing they from get, They weren't getting any of the ball. Like, yeah. in the last eight minutes, he had one shot. I said it before. Like, Matt Painter, I don't know. Why, why is he still having a job today? Like, seriously. Just embarrassing performance from Purdue. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's It was it was, it was was very much an embarrassing performance from Purdue. So, I think we'll... Um, the last thing I got to do, John, I didn't get your Final Four p- predictions. So, who would you take from what's left? Yeah, I'm going to stick with my brackets. Um, obviously, my East pick is gone. I had Duke. So just for fun, I'm going to say FAU because I really don't care for that region. Okay. That'd be fun to see kind of Cinderella in there. But like I said, I wouldn't be surprised with any four of those teams winning it. So um, we'll go FAU, Alabama, Houston, 
And then in my main bracket, I took UCLA. So we're going to stick with that, and I'm not going to jinx my Huskies. So um, that'll be my, my final four. And obviously, if UConn gets there, we'll be very pleased. But we'll stick with the, the bracket that I, I selected. That's cool. Now, just to recap that, how many of your final four are alive at this point? Three. The one I lost was Duke. That's I pretty into the, to the bullshit narrative that they're – they were you yeah. know, turning the corner and they were really a two seed and no one wants to play them. And Rick Barnes just ate John Shire's lunch on Saturday, which was, you know, <laughs> and how give, honestly give, give the crafty veteran Rick Barnes some credit for once. That was, that was a good <laughs> performance. They did their thing. You know, Tennessee's best known for their, for, for playing physical and tough. They did it. It was a really they they did they they played to their mo. It was really impressive. You're right. Like it was a really great job out of them. Um, yeah, and then they had that one guy basically hit every fucking three. Yeah, clear miss. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like that's that's Tennessee. They either make all their threes or they miss and they score forty points. Remember the Auburn game? It was a disgrace to basketball. It's yeah. like forty two to forty one. Like yeah. that's when, and that's what Auburn happens. got screwed with no yes. foul call at the end. No. That's what happens when Tennessee doesn't make their three. So if that happens, FAU is gonna like blow them out of the water if Tennessee can't shoot. But so we'll, that's why the under, I think is a good pick for that game. So we'll see what happens. And I'll probably be on FAU with the points too, just, just because. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I love the, I love the call there with the FAU. I mean, I didn't, I was like, not sure about it, but hearing you on that, I mean, that's certainly worth the shot. I mean, I'm not completely committed to it, but I think it makes a lot of sense because, you know, people are going to be high in Tennessee. Like they're going to think, wow, they just pummeled, Duke, like you know, the optic of that sound looks great on paper. So I, it, it, that's a really good call. Um, a couple of futures bets from Jamie and Modfather, Stuart Hayek. They just picked Gonzaga to, at plus twelve hundred to win the whole thing. I mean, you know, I say why not? But at, at that point, because really anybody could win <laughs> at this point. That's I don't, good value. I think so yeah. too. I do. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I was gonna. I, I told Tommy. Yeah, I mean the points moot now. I mean it's like I could kiss my uncle, but um, I'm gonna kiss my uncle. But you know what I mean. Uh, if Kentucky got to the Sweet Sixteen, I would have bet a bet a future on them. Yeah, that that would have made sense. I it was really close too, which that's what's so interesting about the Kentucky game. But let me just give you my final four, and then we'll go ahead and do final thoughts and head on out. So, um, final four. So I had two surviving teams out of the final four. So I'm going to stay with those two. So Kansas state is one and that's coming out of the East and coming out of the Midwest. I have Houston. They were above the other survivor and what's left over. We will take, Oh man, I don't know. Uh, I don't want to take Bama. So just, out of that idea, I guess I'll just take Creighton. Sorry, Brad, but I'm gonna take Creighton out of what's left over there. And then from the West, Otani. I know, I know, but for the West, I'm gonna take Big UCLA. Double. Um, I mean, I feel like Gonzaga UCLA is gonna decide who wins the, the whole. Well, no, no, that's not true because UConn's in the mix too, and Arkansas could even do it. I would not be surprised if Arkansas made the Final Four, right? Like they're a very talented team, so they could do it. All four of those teams could make the yeah. Actually, I shouldn't. I shouldn't have said that. Like that, but I'll pick UCLA for now. I feel like they are very good in close games. They've they've done a pretty good job most of the year. And uh, as Tom was saying, like the depth is not there for Gonzaga compared to UCLA. Usually, these lost guys like they keep getting guys hurt. Like even last weekend, like someone got hurt. So I I don't know. I feel like the resilience in that area is really good. So 
that's about it. Um, did you pick Kansas State? Cause like, I sorry, did I, I missed that. Yes, I did. I picked Kansas State. Okay, out I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna say I was just making sure because you picked them to win in my bracket pool, so I was you better better stick with the horse you you rode in on, basically. Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, I absolutely right, riding that horse, and it was they won like, that much. I was like, yeah. woo, <laughs> you know. But I don't Divide know. In advance. That's the name of the absolutely, game. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. All right, let's go. Final thoughts. Um, let me go to Tom first for the final thoughts. Otani leadoff double, Mexico winning 5-4, bottom Who's nine. pitching for Mexico? Like the fucking... Galagos, or Galagos, or whatever the hell his name is. Oh, yeah. Mm. I don't... We don't... Uh, I don't have fiddle with me to give me stats. I know who he is, but I don't, I don't think he's that great. Couldn't uh, get he's the struggling right Venezuela now. To... No, he's... <laughs> <laughs> We just jumped him right around. It looks like Mexico's going to gag this. Really? Oh, yeah. man. I think Japan's going to at least tie it. I mean, they have a leadoff double guy in second, no outs. Huh. Five, Who four. Japan, Arabu? I'm, 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 I'm stunned that you're not watching this, Dave. I was just too dialed in the basketball. I'll have to put it on now, actually. I'll jump down on that right now, but... Show some show some pride for your country. No, I mean, Daisuke Matsuzaka listen, listen, for Japan. Listen, I <laughs> I was consistent with that throughout the. I have not been. This is literally be the first WBC game I put. There's nothing on. wrong with going on the wagon. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, let's go on the wagon. Let's let's hit your wagon. Um. Anyway, Andy, we'll give it to you for final thoughts. Anything else you want to add? Uh, this is March. There's nothing that um. I don't know how to describe it. You guys probably all feel it too, unless you win brackets every year. But I, 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 I played my first bracket when I was 13 years old, and it's the same. Like every Wednesday before the tournament, you're like, "Ooh, this is gonna be fun." And then there's just like there's nothing. I mean, yeah, there's things. I mean, like real life problems and like deaths in the family or whatnot or whatever but like <laughs> you know but um like when your when your first final four team gets eliminated or the team that you have winning it all gets eliminated like iowa state a few years ago i think john had iowa state oh, too. Yeah. like or uh one year i had michigan state winning it all when they lost to george mason like there's there like there's feelings of losing a bet and that that's that sucks too but like when your bracket goes belly up like it's it 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 it's just, it sucks now in the big scheme of things it's like who gives a flying fuck you know how many people around the country don't even play brackets there's other parts of the world that don't even know what college basketball is open your horizons be a sponge not everything's about sports go to a museum read a book no 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 not here we play our brackets so all this to say like after the first two rounds i'm like oh i'm in halfway decent shape for the first time in a while and then when that duke game happened and then when kansas happened even though i had arkansas plus four or whatever it's like in the matter of two hours after like surviving Thursday and Friday's mind sweeping situations. But Saturday afternoon, when Duke goes belly up and when Candace goes belly up, it's like, well, now I'm not looking at the brackets anymore. 
even though I know John runs a good bracket and Tommy used to run a good bracket. And Tommy, you, I noticed you did not get into John's bracket, which is not a good job by you. Days I wasn't the- invited. No, I don't, I don't, I don't, I only did one bracket. I didn't even know. I didn't even think about John's bracket. John does a bracket them. every year. John does a every year. John does a fan, uh, college, uh, a college pool and an NFL pool. Dave you does remember a- Yachts' bracket. Yachts had a really good suicide. That was it's like a suicide. It was like a hybrid of suicide yeah. and uh, against the spread. And if yep, your, team, awesome. your team covered but didn't win, you inherit the team that that they beat, uh, that they lost to but didn't cover. That was a fun spread. It was a lot of work, though, that, that Yacht said. It was a lot of work because you had to get fresh lines and, and all that stuff. But, yeah, all this to say it's still a great time of year. Still a great time of year, despite the the crappy bets. But because you know when this ends, you get you get the Masters, and then G- give me a Masters pick. Opening day, um, to be a troll, um, not even a troll. I mean, someone on the Live Tour finishing in the. If you get three guys that are in the top ten in the Live, because uh, Japan so all, just won. All these they're people to- that are like they're gonna be rusty. Cam Smith doesn't know what it like to win anymore oh dustin johnson like he you can't just show up at augusta and win like what do you think dustin johnson's done for his entire career he just shows up sometimes he wins he's not he's not like a prep guy like he's not hitting a thousand golf balls a day like um like spieth or something like that so if the live guy wins it'll be fun just to troll all that but um you know it's hard to go against scotty scheffler or even Spieth, and I'll probably be a fucking clown and maybe sprinkle something on Rory. Although Tommy, I know you, Rory might never win, and his his brain just might be too, too fucking. He's uh, too obsessed with lift off. Well, no, I'm, what I mean is like he's got so many demons at Augusta. Yeah. He, he might try so hard. He might, you know. Well, he, might he, he even admitted that he's too obsessed with the lift golf right now. What's going on there? And he's got to get his mind right. He said that a couple weeks ago. Um, I don't know. I'm curious to hear John's thoughts on Augusta. Again, it's hard to go against yeah. Scotty. It's, it's hard, hard to go against the top three. Well, I mean, Rory is like only because he needs it for the career Grand Slam. That's right. Really, the only reason that you kind of think maybe he like of all the majors, like he'll bring it for for this one. Um, but yeah, hard hard to go against the way Scotty's playing. For a long shot, how about Min Lee? Like he's he's interesting. He just was up there at the players. I don't know. He'll probably be like seventy or eighty to one. Yeah. Um, Didn't he gag at the players? He he yeah, did. Yeah. But you, you got to gag. You got to gag at first before you can, uh, yeah. you know, take the take the title in the in the future. That's that's what happens to most of these guys. He he's definitely promising. Um, I've been betting Jason Day all year. I think I'm just going to keep betting Jason Day. So. I'll probably bet Jason Day this week. I'll probably bet Jason Day at Augusta. Like the win is going to be coming for him. So it's it was kind of like uh, Zalatoris last year. Like I bet him every single major, kept betting him, and then he finally got his win at um, in the playoff event. But uh, that's how I feel about about Jason Day at the moment. So I'm just going to keep betting him. So what about guess, uh, Mr. Barstool, Max Homa? I, I like Max, but he hasn't done well in majors, so I want to see him do it in, in majors. Like I think I don't even think he's had a top ten in major. No, he hasn't. Um, so, he's yeah, I'm, I'm going to wait for him to do it in a major before I actually put my money down on it. 
Ricky Fowler was my guy, and now Max Holman's my guy. <laughs> and John, I don't know if you've been following Thomas McKibben on the DP World Tour, but uh, someone yesterday tweeted his like his first like twenty starts on the tour with McElroy's first twenty starts, and they're they're actually kind of similar. He got a, he finished in eighteenth in the SDC Championship yesterday. I don't know where that was. I know the week before they were in Kenya. So yeah. <laughs> all places to play a golf tournament man good for them i guess yeah um but he's gonna win he's gonna win on the european tour and i want to be there for that exactly you just gotta keep just keep betting it every week and then eventually you, you'll, you'll hit it <laughs> 60 to 1 <laughs> oh man yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to our next golf recap show okay that's coming up not, it's like in like two weeks, I think. It's Three weeks. Yeah. Really coming now up. We got the match yeah. play this week, then the the Texas Open, and then yeah. Augusta. So it'll be here before you know it. Yeah. Andy Open. I'll be there for that. Last week, Dave, I was I didn't watch any of the golf because I was I was in Vegas. So, mm-hmm. but I, I just I was like John and Mike are gonna do laps around around me in terms of talking about this event that I I didn't even watch. I mean, I saw Sunday, but by then. Scotty kind of had it in yeah. the bag. Jamie's a big fan of Adam Shank. We mentioned the the big win. Um, uh, the the win was actually a round, like a like a third round bet. So that was a great win. Wow. Also, oh, uh, like lowest lowest third round of the day. Yeah. Was that the, was that the bet? I mean, basically, who's winning after the third round? If that if that, right? Oh, okay, I see. Like yeah. third round leader. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Jamie says, if Adam Shank has a baby, I'll be sitting out. <laughs> That was a big he had yeah. a big birdie on big birdie on eighteen for yep. Shank that Saturday because I'm Spieth I think bogeyed and Shank yep. birdied. Yeah, that's that's it's pretty cool. That's pretty. It's a pretty good story though. It's a shame for Shank from Shank's sake that uh, he had to have that he had, that his eighteenth hole. I think it was eighteenth hole. Yeah, right up against a tree. We've all uh, been there before. It's like, yeah. Imagine if there wasn't like thousands of people around. He could just like kind of kicked it out to the fairway and play <laughs> from there. But unfortunately for him, the cameras were on. <laughs> True story. True story. So definitely juice if, if nothing else on uh, Sunday afternoon. So just an interesting sidebar to what was happening with all the the, PG, the NCAA at the same time. Uh, so John, uh, we'll give it to you for final thoughts, and then we'll head on out to Rob or to our friend Robbie G. And we're gonna keep the you know I'll be a guest over on his channel after this podcast is done. So um, John, final thoughts. This has been a lot. This has been fun tonight. Yeah, good good stuff indeed. Yeah, nothing really else to add. I mean. Andy's right. Like you look at the matchups that like on Friday, or, I'm sorry, Wednesday night, it's like you're a kid on Christmas morning again, just waiting for the next day to come. And, you know, however the, the two days or four days of, you know, play out, it's just nothing can beat the, the, the drama, excitement, the highs and the lows of, of watching the first four days of March. And it was certainly, certainly didn't disappoint this year. So um, we're in store for a good, uh, a good sweet 16 and, and we'll see how it all plays out. So yeah, definitely a lot of fun tonight, Dave. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you guys for coming on. Um, but last comment from Parcells says Gallegos is a former Yankee. Pay attention, Andy. That was me. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Pay attention, Tommy. Sorry, I think he said pay attention, Tommy. That's my fault. He pay stinks. attention, Tommy. He does, man. I saw the end of that game. He he, he was he was on the Yankees, but he was terrible. Uh, yeah, Japan came back in the game in the ninth inning, folks, and a walk off double, and won the game six to five. So a heartbreaking loss for Mexico. They were having such a great tournament too, uh, beating Tomorrow, the odds. Tomorrow, seven o'clock. Must watch TV. 
What? Where was this game? Miami. They're all in Miami. Well, these ones are yes. Oh, Arizona too. Brett was there. I think Brett did a cactus trip, a cactus league trip with some baseball and with some WBC in between. Are you are you talking to Brett on the board mostly or Twitter? No, Twitter. John Galvano. Yes, you you two mix it up a lot on Twitter. We're getting a room. We're getting a room next time. I like it. Yeah. All right. Is, uh, John, are you still on the board ever or no? No, I haven't been on there in quite a quite a while. So just not even Twitter. Just on the Twitter. Then I pop on the Discord every once in a while, but eh, the the whole thing of a, a like a live running chat isn't like my thing. But I pop in. I understand. It's not well, for everyone. Twitter's where it's at. You get all the yeah. gambling stuff there. Except when yep. Twitter's down. Except when Twitter's down. All right, friends. <clears throat> well, it's nice of you to hang out with me for a little bit. So uh, thanks again, and uh, hopefully good luck this weekend, honestly. Like, I, I don't want any bad luck for any of y'all. So cheers, and uh, good night, man. Thanks, man. Looking for more wholesome sports. Just no gambling. Just watching for the pure. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you fooling? Uh, Andy, if that happens, I'm I'm, I'm ending the show. I'm <laughs> Next year, so the re- there's I think Seattle gets some men's games mm-hmm. next year. The women's are coming to Seattle. Uh, hard cool. pass for me next year or the next weekend. <laughs> but uh, the guy, the men's have first second round next year at the Climate Pledge. I'll, I'll, I'll go to. I'm upset at myself. I, I didn't realize it was in Albany. That's that's like an hour from me. I could have easily gone to those games. I didn't realize it until it was too late. So that's a bad job out of me. But. They had them in Hartford a few years back. That was so much fun to go to. I can say that I like went to NCAA tournament games. So hopefully they come back here at some point. Yeah, it's a fun. It's fun. Like yeah, I know we're Dave. We're going over, and Dave has another show to go to. So, but yeah, it's just even just going to like Pac-12 tournament. That first time I did that, it's just, it's just fun. I remember when the NCAA they even like Worcester Mass used to have games like almost like every other year. Like Worcester Mass. Good. I mean, perfect location, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's Worcester. There's really not a there's not a lot going on there. That's pretty cool. That's, yeah. Yeah. Jamie says that I went to the Sweet 16 and an Elite Eight in 2008 in Boston. It's a good year. I remember that. Yeah. 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 Whatever it's called then. Yeah. That was like Nova and uh, Pitt, right? In the Elite Eight, I think. Or, or my yeah, own, Nova won. Yeah. 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 Now I remember Kansas won the title that year, and. Uh, I remember the kid that won the, the because there's a kid that won the Mario game. Mario Chalmers. Yeah, Mario Chalmers. That's yeah. Mario Chalmers. Yeah, that's the guy. He, yeah. He Cal Parry with the Derrick Rose team. That's that right. Crazy game. Back in Memphis. I had Memphis. Chris Douglas Roberts. Yep. I thought he'd be a good pro. I actually remember getting an argument with Tommy and O'Reilly about Chris Douglas Roberts. I thought he'd be a really good pro. <laughs> he, <sucks. laughs> he, he, he He was pretty bad, but at least he made it. He made it to the show. I love it. Just couldn't, couldn't shoot. Thought he'd be able to develop into a, a shooter. You think Zach Eady will be no on the on the NBA court? I mean, he'll be on an NBA court, but man, he did not do. I mean, I, I, I you guys should be funhousing the shit out of me for for predicting Purdue was going to win the title like three months ago. I, I mean, I changed course in that. Obviously, I mean, that was ridiculous. That just they did not do. Just that's just a long way of saying no. No, I don't. I don't. I don't, Tommy. How about you? Right, boys, it's been fun. Yeah, it's been fun. Thanks, everybody. 
All right, later. Take care, everybody. John. All Andy, right, thanks for having. Me. Yeah, th- likewise. See Take care, guys. guys. See y'all later. Oh man, good stuff. Thank you, Andy, John, Tom. I went on too much of a tangent with Zach Eady, but but folks, that was really really fun. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, everybody. Um, this has been a tremendous show. If you missed any of it, uh, we'll have the replay right here on Twitch, and we will be seeing you all. In uh, stay with us. We're gonna go raid Robbie G Sports OTHP. We're gonna have to go pretty quick. So mods, can you do a sh- can you do the uh, raid calls in the chat? We're gonna get rolling here. Um, for those of you in the podcast, this has been really fun. My name is Dave Medina. You can find me on all the socials um, and uh, on on uh, TikTok and Instagram and YouTube. You can find me at Davey's Eating a Sandwich or our sports page, which is at Sandwich Sports on YouTube specifically. Uh, meanwhile, we're gonna get rolling. Uh, we're gonna. Gonna snooze that one. Um, and we're gonna head on out to Robbie G Sports OTHP. Thank you again, everyone. Have a great night. And for those of you in the podcast, we'll see you next time.